0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Planet Sport Rugby podcast with me, Liam Flint. The Christmas countdown is on and this is the final episode of the first series where we've been talking to some of rugby's best players from around the globe on areas that often get overlooked. We've had some quality guests and this week our guest gets the whole pod to herself. Really pleased to be bringing you our in-depth rugby interview with the icon of the women's game in America. I'm talking about USA Eagles powerhouse, Naya Tapper, who played in two World Cups this year alone, over both 15s and 7s, so she's in high demand. We chat about the strange circumstance of being better known for your rugby abroad and around the world than you are at home with your own people. So she gives me her take on it all.
1: It's pretty hard to walk around and in america and nobody really know who you are but then you go out the country and a lot of people know who you are
0: we also hear about where her love for rugby came from and her past dream of becoming the first female player to make it in the nfl but before all of that there's no time like the present and we pick things up with naya explaining what's on her rugby radar right now
1: And um, we've been training since about the beginning of september and just getting our teams together and getting all the new girls acclimated and then we also have a new head coach so everybody's getting used to him and we're learning how he does things
0: yeah I mean you do so much travel I know as a team you could basically jet all over the world does it get old at any point or is it just awesome to be able to jet around for these seven series
1: um I wouldn't say it's it old but you kind of get used to The places you go because our stops don't change much each year they're basically the same so where one person might be very excited to go to this stop you may have already been there two or three times
0: yeah so what's your what's your Um, favorite stop what do you look forward to in the calendar
1: um my favorite stop is probably australia yeah when we go to sydney it's beautiful there i mean it's kind of like another version of california but you have people
0: with accents there. Yeah, you struggle. (laughs) You just about get by. You can understand them all right. They probably don't get you either. It's probably two-way street, to be fair. Yeah, I don't know. That's my favourite. No, for those rugby fans who haven't seen you in action, I suppose in a nutshell, you score a bagload of tries. You're pretty quick. You're a bit of a machine. Can you feel your profile raising and actually increasing in the last year, especially after all the World Cup stuff and your performances, do you feel like you're on the up?
1: Um, Absolutely, because at the end of the day with sevens, you could end up anywhere on the field. So, yes, I'm a wing, but I could end up in the middle of the field where where I'd be required to pass or I'd be required to set somebody else up as a center would do. So I think, like, even in this month that we've been training, my knowledge of the game and what I see on the field and how I can react to that and not just having to catch a ball and run, I think that's increased by so much, which I'm happy about because it just shows like there's so much more that I can do and uh, that I have so much more to learn, even though it may seem that I'm at my highest point right now. So
0: You're being, you're being pretty modest. I mean, not many athletes get to appear at like a major event, so well Cup and you decided to be pretty greedy and play both 15s and then sevens which is kind of a, yeah. a crazy feat I mean do you do you sit back and think that's that's pretty cool I've been able to achieve that already
1: absolutely especially because I've only been playing for a short amount of time, a short amount of time so to think that I was able to jump from college to playing in two um, different levels of World Cup is amazing and even being able to Think that i have potential to go to the olympics like that's a once in a lifetime achievement that i'm hoping to be able to do so like yeah it's definitely crazy to think about a lot of the time, you don't have time to sit down and think about wow look at all these amazing things that i'm i've been doing and that i'm able to do every day compared to a regular person working a nine to five
0: exactly it's crazy and as experiences go how do you compare the two? Were they very different experiences or are they very similar?
1: So firstly, with it's very different when it comes to the culture. So 15s, the girls, I feel like the girls are a little more tighter, even though it's a lot more girls.
0: Yeah.
1: It's more fun, I feel like, with the more girls that are there. Um, it was definitely a bigger crowd because I think 15s was the came before seven so that's what most people are interested in watching but sevens was this world cup was probably top of the line for me because it was in the u.s my family was able to come and actually watch me play rather than have to watch it online
0: yeah which I'm sorry. Amazing,
1: yeah which was an amazing experience to score a try and then you look to the left of the right. The right and your mom and sister they're cheering you on like i don't think i'll ever be able to have that feeling again unless i can make the olympic team and fly them out
0: there
1: but yeah just the love that we received on that home tournament was amazing
0: let's talk about your your beloved america i mean rugby is kind of is very new as a country to america what's it like being an international in your sport when the majority of people in the U.S. haven't fully bought into it, when you've got things like NFL going on, all the other major sports. How is yeah. that? I mean, in terms of the profile, is it frustration, or do you see it as, do you know what, I can be a pioneer here, along with all these other women?
1: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. So it's pretty hard to walk around in, in America, and nobody really know who you are, but then you go out the country and a lot of people know who you are, and it kind of doesn't really make sense,
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: but then you understand it that, okay, well, rugby isn't that big in America. It isn't publicized as much as the other sports. Even I didn't know about it in growing up until I came out here and started playing it in college, um, but it's definitely increasing. We have, like, smaller girls rugby teams we have girls coming in who had been playing longer than i have and they're only 18 years old so it's definitely increasing and just the pioneering part is like the fact that now the girls who are playing at a younger age are looking up to you and like you're their idol and it's crazy to receive like messages and i've only been playing sevens for two going on three years so to receive messages from younger girls who are saying i want to be like you in America and out the country, and you're my inspiration, how do you do this, how do you get to this, and it's like, I wish there was more that I could tell them, because I had it, I haven't been playing for that long, Yeah. so that, that's just the inspiration in its own, and just um, a push to keep doing what I'm doing, and even try to get better, so that they have to eat something even higher to achieve to pass what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, I suppose with the, the exposure not being the best in the US, there yeah. must be a lot of young boys and girls who look up to you because there's not an awful lot of of rugby stars to look up to so does that that must be an exciting thing right
1: it's crazy because it's like you see it like growing up you see like oh i love this athlete or you see how people idolize lebron and serena williams and it's like you are you're you're becoming that person in another sport yeah and that's crazy to compare yourself to people of that high caliber but you're up there and you're doing what they're doing, but you're just doing it in a different sport, but you don't realize it because you're not getting the glorification that all the other sports are receiving in America.
0: Well, you've just got to get your Instagram following to match LeBron, and then you then you <laughs> yeah. know you're doing good. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: basically. Am I right in thinking, growing up, NFL was more your kind of cup of tea? When, didn't you have some big dreams in NFL?
1: Yeah, so growing up, like did cheerleading and soccer but one of the things that i did like just recreationally as a kid was i was just always playing football with the boys and i can still remember times being in my aunt's backyard and just running over all these little boys who were my age and then so then my goal before i even knew about rugby was okay i want to be the first girl in the nfl but then you grow up and you realize that's not really possible Besides, they have, like, the Laundry Football League, but I'm not really interested in that right now.
0: Yeah, all or nothing. You wanted the big but, league, big league yeah. or nothing. So,
1: yeah, but then you grow up and you see that it doesn't work like that. So then I ended up picking up track and field and then eventually transitioning to rugby.
0: Well, it's worked out. It's worked out right, right, hasn't it? It could have yeah, been. been a whole lot worse. Do you think rugby will ever compete with the major sports. Could you envisage it one day being as popular as football out there or a baseball?
1: Looking at the number of younger girls and guys that are playing now, I would want to say maybe in the next ten years. Because then you'll get we'll get the pub the um we'll be publicized more, we'll get the funding and with the funding more people will want to come do the sport. I feel like it'll just blow up. Like any sport that was smaller and blew up how it is now. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: For example, like UFC and stuff
0: like that. Yeah, I'm picturing an adaptation of Super Bowl, but just for rugby, something like that. Major League Rugby's just kicked off as well. So there there are signs, aren't there? Yeah.
1: So especially if they keep it in the Olympics, I don't think there will be a problem because I think the more you keep it in the Olympics... Um, this past Olympics, the first time that rugby appeared in it, for, um, a lot of the people who were just there to see other sports seen rugby, and then they became a fan of it from that. So if it just continues to stay in that realm of all those other popular sports, I think we'll have a problem still filling all their fans. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that'd be a great achievement. The obvious way for for you guys to get rugby out there, I suppose, is world domination. What do you guys need to do, do you yeah. think, to become... The world number one team. How far off do you reckon you are at the minute?
1: So obviously we, you want to be the top. You want to be number one in the world. Um, but right now our realistic goal is that, and I'm not, I'm not even gonna say realistic, but our goal is to break that barrier of and make sure that we get at least top four, because we're right there. Um, nationwide where we're just staying right below that ceiling so if we can break through that and then be consistent from there we've been competitive with the two top teams in the world and we've um for example New Zealand, like we always give them a fight whether we beat them or lose by a little bit but Mm. we show that we can compete and that we have what it takes we just need to make it consistent so i think that, that if we can do that we'll be we'll have no problem being number one in the world because there's no doubt that seven of the players on the team are some of the top players in the world. So for them to be combined and not be number one, I think we just need some skills that we need to tweak and um, just make sure that we're on the same page with game plan and things like that to where it'll be consistent and to where the games where we beat New Zealand that's how all our games will be. So then we'll be beating everybody. Or the games where we're competing against Australia, that athleticism and that rugby knowledge will come out in all of our games consistently through each player, not just individual players. And we'll be
0: number one. Just like that is a master plan. You just need basically <laughs> just like everyone, You need everyone on your team to basically <laughs> score as many tries as you do, and you'd be fine, wouldn't you? You'd be walking it. I wouldn't
1: say that, but <laughs> as long as we're on the same page, we'll be okay. Everybody has their um, different contributions that they do to the team, so as long as everybody's doing what they do best, we'll be okay.
0: Yeah, that's very true. For you personally now, would you ever consider playing your rugby abroad in like a, a top women's league where rugby is kind of big news and would really kickstart, or are you determined to, to stay at home and, and make it from there? I kind
1: of thought about that a little bit about living somewhere else long term I could possibly do it for like a couple months but I don't think I'd ever go over there to play for another team or anything like that I'm all about America USA so I'm gonna hold it down and stick with them for as long as I can
0: so even if uh, a big contract came in from Australia you're saying you would be like nah I love <laughs> I love the US
1: yeah if they asked me to be there for a year or more I would not go <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so you really are a home girl, yeah
1: yeah. Even though I'm about the money at the end of the day <laughs> I have my team, so I gotta stick with
0: them. Yeah, that's true. Would Australia be a dream destination if you did play somewhere else, do you reckon? I think I
1: would probably go play for New Zealand if I had to pay.
0: Yeah, that's I can see that. They're
1: the number one team right now and everybody wants to play for the number one team, so I I can only imagine what I can learn from them, so
0: that's a really good point. I mean while we're just speculating about all the big moves you're going to make let's look a bit more long term. we've already mentioned it Tokyo 2020 do you see that as the pinnacle of what you want to achieve and if you can do well there then you've done what you set out to do
1: absolutely I think that's been my goal since I decided that I wanted to become a professional rugby player, because at, at first I was all about academics and sports was just something recreational for me, and then I picked up rugby and I seen that there could possibly be an opportunity for me to go to the Olympics, that just became my number one goal. So um, I honestly couldn't tell you what I plan on doing after that, because right now that's literally all I'm focused on, is getting to that 2020 Olympics. Just imagine like how many doors that can open up for you, and for rugby in general.
0: Exactly. It'd be amazing. Absolutely amazing. No, I know you're a big fan of your, your socials and your social media, and your Instagram seems to be yeah. your jam right now, where you're at. How do you feel about social media as an athlete who's growing? More, like you've already said, more and more people following you, wanting to chat to you about how you've got to where you are. Do you think it's a great tool as an athlete to have? How do you see it? Um, I
1: think it's a great channel to spread what I'm doing with rugby to people all around the world because, I mean, everybody's on their phones, social media is where it's at for everybody, even the older people now, um, my grandparents and my parents. So I think it's a great in that aspect in that you can influence so many people just from where you're at all across the world. Um, with the receiving, like, backlash and stuff like that, the good thing is that you can ignore it if you want to, or you can look at it if you want to. It's not something you have to see. Yeah, true. And it also can be like a motivation to you. And it can also help you. Some people, a lot of the people on there are telling you the truth that people around you don't want to tell you. So it's it's like bittersweet, I think.
0: So there you go, hope you enjoyed the uninterrupted wisdom that is Naya Tapper. We thought as this is the series finale, we treat you and we give you the full access with no breaks so you could really get stuck into the interview. A huge thank you to Naya for taking the time out to make this pod happen. That is it for this pod and also for series one, but don't worry, we're not going anywhere. New year, new series. It's my pleasure to announce that in the new year, we'll be rebooting with an All-Africa series we'll be honing in on the continent and speaking to some of the best rugby players from across africa promises to be great with plenty more top pros filling out our lineup each week so until then do stay tuned across our social media channels at planet sport rugby podcast to find out more about the upcoming release of our new all africa series the dates the players and everything you need to know to stay current we don't want you to miss this make it your new year's resolution even to indulge in the podcast if you want to revisit this series content of course you can listen again or catch up on past episodes across itunes spotify and soundcloud or go straight to our website planetsport.tv to see more of what we're doing so from the team here at planet sport rugby podcast thank you so much for listening to this first series and we'll see you in the new year for series two bring on 2019